The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell today. Uh, We're going to talk today about interracial relationships, mix and match colors. (laughs) So, uh, you know, mixed race is a very interesting topic because uh, truthfully, in this day and age, I receive as a a marriage family therapist enormous amounts of mixed race children, uh, mixed race couples, uh, just mixed race everything. Here we are in the United States. It's just a melting pot of different people. And we're in a day and age now where people are exploring interrelational relationships much more than we've ever seen in the past. And I would anticipate that this will grow on into our future. Um, You know, there's a lot of issues that take place in a mixed-race relationship that are not necessarily the same types of issues that a regular uh, interracial, you know, regular racial, you know, where you've got two of the same race are going to be together and and bottom line is is the complexities of that relationship call for much better communication, much more alliance with each other, and a much deeper understanding of each other's culture. And that takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of time, a lot of experience. And then there's the complexities also of raising children who are not identified purely by one race or another. Um, unfortunately, we're in a very in a day and age still where remnants of our past of prejudices towards different cultures do take place. There's a large majority of people out there who have biases towards one race or another, one color or another. Um, strangely enough, you could take a very prejudiced person, put them in the room with somebody that they're prejudiced against because of their race, their color, their creed, whatever, and all of a sudden you find that they develop a commonality with each other if they let their guards down and find out that they're both just regular people with a different in- environmental situation that they grew up in. So here's the deal. Mixed race is its own race, and, and that's something that we've all got to consider. The other thing that is so important, and, and I participated in this, there's a website called GeneBase.com. GeneBase.com basically reads the chromosomes of a male or a female And it also links their genes back to 150,000 years. So you can tell exactly what you're made up of and from where you are made up of. Now, here's the the funny thing is we all began 150,000 years ago in the area of Somalia and in Africa. There's three tribes that branched out from 
uh, Somalia and reached out into Europe, into the Middle East, and then on migrated on into the West. And uh, some migrated even farther east and farther north. But the bottom line is, is that people are made up of thousands of races. So when people think that, oh, okay, I'm a white person or I'm a black person or I'm an Asian person, well, you may look like that on the surface, but that's just a few generations speaking to you because the truth is if you go far enough back, you're going to find you weren't just that. You're a lot of other things. And I can tell you, uh, even in my family and when I uh, did my uh, genetics and all you have to do, by the way, is, is swab your mouth with a Q-tip and send it to genebase.com. But the deal is, is that when I did that, I found that two generations ago, I have a black family that I'm related to. I'm Caucasian from Indiana, and I have a black family that I'm related to in Maryland. Surprise, surprise. I do have curly hair. And uh, then I have an Indian background from uh, Cherokee, from my grandmother's side. And there's all kinds of other blends in there. And I'm quite proud of that. There's a lot of Portuguese. Didn't know that. Uh, There's a lot of obvious from my father, Irish, Scottish, English, and all that kind of stuff. Stuff from Germany and up into Russia. I have Jewish. I have Asian. I have over 1,219 identifiable races that I am actually related to, including the Middle East and Spain and, uh, and Japan, all over. And it's quite interesting. And, and Africa even. And, and so, you know, to, to know that is very powerful because uh, with a tool like GeneBase, and I'm not promoting them because they certainly don't promote me, but I'm trying to tell you that you can actually get in touch with people that you're related to one, two, three, four, five, six generations back, even farther back, and actually email them and respond to each other and develop a relationship with relatives you don't even know you have. Now, the truth also is, is that looking at how many races that we are made up of, we have to understand that this world is actually very, very small. We think it's awfully big, but the truth is it's very small. We're in a day and age where we can actually circle the world by commercial transportation, airplane, in less than 18 hours, if if we wish to do so. In less than 18 hours, we can cross sp- the span of this globe. That is amazing. It's amazing that we can possibly do that. And the other thing is, is that we're in a global economy One nation is dependent on the other, dependent on the other, dependent on the other. And to raise our children with racist ideas is an enormous disservice, no matter what your prejudice is. You're doing children an enormous disservice by trying to teach them prejudicial and racial uh, 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 ways of thinking and value systems. Those things are not They don't fit into this day and age. You're creating a dinosaur to live amongst the humans, and it's just not going to work. You know, quite frankly, you know, especially in the United States and all over the world, it's this way. We are all blended cultures. Every single country in this world is a blended culture, and we have got to learn to embrace each other. You know, uh, the the other deal is, is what's interesting to me is I do not have to use many different tools than I use for regular, uh, regular, you know, white, white, black, black couples, Asian, Asian. I, I don't have to use different tools. They have the same kind of issues in mixed race, 
than we have in regular, you know, lateral race relationships. And also, uh, the principles of marriage are all the same for any type of marriage, any type of relationship, and that includes homosexual relationships. Okay, now, here's some mixed-race thoughts. This is kind of cheeky, but it's, it's kind of fun. You know, depending on the race you're mixed with, you might have a larger proportion of smaller or more shapely parts, and you may have much nicer skin. With all the problems in the world in your personal life, why would you have a problem with two parents of a different race? Why would anybody spend their energy on two parents of a different race with all of the problems in this world? Mixed race is nearly impossible to label by police descriptions. So what part of town are you going to search if you're going after them? Also with mixed race, we... We drive the Office of National Census absolutely nuts in defining the U.S. population. One generation from now, it may not even exist because it is so impossible as this culture blends to continue to identify someone with a particular race. And in this culture, truthfully and genetically, there is no such thing as the opposite. And I mean the word opposite, the opposite race. There is no such thing. Here's some other reasons that a person would want to be in a mixed race relationship. You know, all races, quite frankly, are boring. And it turns out a very large number of them have jobs, wear shoes, and know what math is. And it will also help us, if people are in mixed race relationships, to mutate faster, to adapt to climate change. The more new unseen combos we make, the more chance that one or more of them will be better fit. We may have wings and telepathy someday. Also, in mixed race relationships, if we move that direction, you will force people from different backgrounds to eat each other. <laughs> if you think the arguments at Thanksgiving, uh, eat with each other, excuse me. Uh, the arguments at Thanksgiving and Christmas are bad now. Think of, think of mixing an Arab, a Jew, an African, and all races in between forces people to listen. This forces people to listen and communicate. And so if they have to eat together, they have to listen and they have to communicate. And usually people who come in direct contact with other foreign races start to humanize that race and learn how to integrate. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I've seen that in travel all over the world. Also, you know, it's only... It's the only thing that will literally get rid of race is to have mixed race in this world. If everyone finds a person who looks different from them as a possible mate and makes a baby with them, then after a number of generations, we will all, ironically, start to look real similar, at least as far as skin tone. And uh, here's some mixed race people that are really good looking. Beyonce, Mariah Carey, Drake, Jessica Alba. The list goes on and on. Barack Obama. And in jolly old England and Wales even, 10% of all relationships are mixed. Now, you know, people question a lot of things with mixed race dating. You know, the, some questions come up like, how does your family feel about your partner's race? And, uh, you know, quite frankly, 
that's an obstacle to overcome because in dealing with how your family may feel about a partner's race may not be how they deal with your partner. So the real deal is, is the only way to truly find out how your partner is going to relate to your family if it's a mixed race situation is to actually do what's called in vivo and that's expose them to your partner and see how they react. The, the deal is that many times once they develop that one-on-one relationship, racial issues start to take a lower uh, uh, importance in, in how they view that person. Sometimes if it's a bad first impression, they will throw the culture up first. And so, you know, the deal is, the challenge is, if you're going to be in a mixed, rela- uh, mixed relationship, there's a good chance that some people in your family, in your circle of friends, and the people that you work with are going to have ideas that are negative about your relationship. Whether you like it or not, you cannot change the world. What you can change is yourself and mirror happiness in your life with your partner despite what these people think and they will either migrate back towards you or migrate away. But you have to be willing to cut bait with relationships that you may not think you need to cut bait with in life. And that's the simple truth in dealing with mixed race relationships. Also, you know, stereotypes are horrible and they're usually offensive and misplaced. You know, not all African men end up in jail. Not all Japanese men are emotionally unavailable. Not all Mexican men cheat on their spouses. Not all white women are loose. Not all Arabic women are docile. You know, the Internet is full of all sorts of untrue stereotypes that we're passed off as facts. And do we really need to believe that all Japanese men are workaholics with small penises who love to drink sake, kill whales, and pressure their wife to do housework all day? You know, the answer is no. You know, these kind of stereotypes are ridiculous. They're primitive, and they don't really reflect on people today. Uh, You know, wouldn't it be easier... Just to date your own race. Well, in this day and age, yes, of course it would. It's easier because then you have less stereotypes, you have less people looking at you, you have less criticism, and you don't rock the boat as far as your friendships and your family. You know, but I understand the intentions behind the question that seem to be pure, that it makes things easier to be with your own race, but it is racist just to ask the question. You know, by only dating a certain race, I would be cutting out a whole group of viable dating candidates as a person. You know, and do you really want to do that? The other thing is, you know, think of the children. You know, the the questions are, aren't you worried they're going to be bullied? You know, that's what mixed race couples get when they get together. And in this day and age where divorce is becoming the norm, I'm more worried about making it our 10-year anniversary than whether making it our possible future children getting bullied. Bullied can be dealt with. There's laws against being bullied now, and schools have policies to follow regarding bullied. Yes, there is bullying, and it's horrible. There's even cyberbullying, but that can be dealt with. What really is hard to overcome is the idea that people are worried more about bullied children than making a 10-year anniversary. Now, um, here's some other things that people question. Do you only date a certain ethnic group? You know, dating fetishes are rude. When you challenge somebody on a dating fetish, that means they don't look at the person. And, and, uh, you know, that means uh, somebody's got, what, uh, yellow fever or jungle fever or, you know, some kind of other s- uh, silly uh, anachronym that somebody has labeled 
somebody as far as uh, their preferences. Um, you know, preferences of race are likely not nearly as important in this day and age as the person. Usually when a mixed race couple get together, it's the person that they fall in love with, not the race. The race is secondary and it presents other issues, but it's certainly not the, a, a big reason for them to consider being in the relationship. It does take a strong will to be with a partner of a different race. You know, believe me, I understand that. And you guys all know that. But the truth is, is that hopefully it is the person. And once people start looking at the person you're with, they begin to understand why you have chosen to be outside your race. And, and I hope that any, as days go forward, it's not just, it's not a choice. It's just the way of life that people choose people of other races, especially in the, in the United States and in this world, uh, the way it's going today. And it's moving in such a positive direction. The other thing is we lose half the reasons to go to war when we merge races, when people start to blend cultures, when people get together and actually blend races, half of our reasons to have war go away. Race is one of the greatest reasons. Race and religion are some of the greatest reasons why people actually go to war. Also, um, people staring. You know, people staring is a horrible thing for a couple of mixed race or their children, but that has to be something that is overlooked. And the truth is, staring, maybe they're staring because they're in envy. <laughs> you know, some of the questions to ask a mid, uh, mixed race couple that are very good questions is, uh, how did you two meet? You know, people love to hear that. You, what, have, what is your... Uh, favorite part of your cult, your partner's culture, and and do you speak their language? These are wonderful questions to ask, and uh, they're great. It, it, you need to have conversations with mixed race couples to learn about their world, and it's a very good journey to go on. So let's go into roadblocks. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to go to roadblocks in a mixed race uh, relationship, and then we're going to talk about staying together. Come back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff. 
live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. All right. We're talking about roadblocks in a mixed race relationship. And, you know, when you enter into an interracial relationship, you have to sit down and make an honest assessment of yourself. You know, do you have the strength, the courage, tenacity, patience, to deal with the issues that being in an interracial relationship poses. If you're a highly sensitive person, if you're quick to anger, if you're somebody that's a horrible listener, you're not a good candidate for an interracial relationship because of the judgments of other people, of the obstacles that you have to overcome. You need to be a very strong person and know who you are and what you want. And it's not an act of stubbornness. It's an act of being truthful with yourself. Some people will continue an interracial relationship just because they're stubborn, maybe not because the relationship itself is functioning. And that is the wrong reason to be in a relationship like that. A, a true interracial relationship calls for intelligence and understanding, empathy, compassion, and a curiousness about the other's culture, their values, and how they operate. If you truly want to be successful in an interracial relationship, you have got to embrace all of the above in a way that you understand. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to embrace it. It, but what you have to do is understand it and respect other people's culture. Um, and, and that's important. Uh, if you don't do that, what's going to happen is there are going to be a lot of failures in those kind of relationships. The other thing that has to be done, without a doubt, is you have to evaluate the impact of family on your relationship and on you. If you're a highly dependent uh, person of your family and you're dependent on your family, not a good idea if you're perceiving that they're going to be a prejudicial family. You need to have emotional independence of your family if you plan on being somebody that is in an interracial relationship. It will not uh, submit to your family's desires. It's just not going to happen. It's going to be one continuous compromise, which any relationship is, but a Mixed culture relationship is always going to call for compromise, and that means your family is going to have to have strength and understanding. And and when they take your grand their grandchildren out or their young nieces and, and nephews that are of uh, uh, obviously maybe a different racial blend than they are, they're going to have to be willing to understand that that is the way their life is, and that is a good thing. Like I said, we're in the United States; it's a blended culture. This is all to be expected. It's been happening since this country was formed and even before then you know many people could simply care less about what their parents or family think about life choices but other people do and so once again 
uh, this is not an opportunity to divorce yourself from your family. It's hopefully a, a, a chance for you to educate and bring your family to the 21st century. Also, you have to look at alignment. You know, how comfortable are you with your partner of a mixed race? That's a question you've got to ask yourself. Also, how aligned are you with your partner in thinking? Because you all have to be compromisable people. You can't be people that are uh, dialed off into your own culture. Once you enter a mixed race relationship, what you call your culture is no longer your culture. And you're now in a mixed race relationship. It is a blending of cultures that you're calling for, not a living in a particular culture. And for that, there are not lots of role models. You're going to have to build it yourself. And uh, that's the beauty of a uh, relationship with mixed race. It is it has to be built on its own. And no mixed race couple looks alike. None of them follow the same systems, values. Uh, many of them take and pull from each other's culture and other cultures uh, to try to put something together that works for them. Uh, communication is absolutely key. And it is a roadblock. And it's got to be open. And it can't be this I'm the male, you're the female type of relationship. If you're going to live in the United States especially, it's two partners existing in the United States. It, it, it can't be this I'm the one that tells you what to do, I do this, I do that, this machismo bullshit that doesn't work. It's got to be partners. And mixed race relationships call for that kind of communication where both of you are on the same page. And uh, that's one of the huge obstacles. Communication is an issue for all relationships. But that communication in a mixed race relationship, if they're not listening to each other, there's going to be a divorce on the horizon. Uh, because eventually they're going to get sick of each other and defending someone that they can't defend. Also, you know, you, you can't behave as if you live in a, a, a African-American, Caucasian, Latino, Asian culture, when you marry or are with someone of the opposite of a, opposite of another culture, then what you want to do is understand that you are just a mixed race couple. And that's it. There is no migrated culture. You delve into all cultures. Uh, now you're telling the world that you're a global person, and congratulations. You know, you have to embrace each other's culture, but not alienate each other from your culture, and it's a fine line. Um, but the country you live in, and the place you live in, the state you live in, the county you live in, that's the culture you live in. It may go against you, but you have to blend with it if you're going to stay there. So what you have to do is find a way to adapt as a, as a couple. And once again, that calls for very strong will and very strong communication. You know, thankfully, in my experience, most families are, are at least quietly tolerant of interracial relationships. They may not like it, but, uh, you know, most parents of uh, couples aren't disowning their children over it. They may feel alienated and not connected to your significant other. You know, if this is the case, you know, take the high road, be polite, kind, and thoughtful. Um, you know, don't give them any weapons to use against you. Maintain that when a person, not a, you know, that you, there is, if there's any disrespect, you're going to cut your losses with them. You're going to cut your time with them. You're in a relationship with a person, not a family, not a culture, a person, and they deserve respect. Just make sure that your significant other is supporting you, 
unabashedly when their family is wrong. You know, if not, if not, it, it may be a warning sign that you're with the wrong person. You know, the public is an issue sometimes. You know, you have to be, you have absolutely no control or influence on how strangers treat you. If you go out with your significant other, be prepared for at least one grossly ignorant comment shot your way at least once per month. You know, sadly, the minority community will sometimes label those who date outside of their race as sellouts. Also, this is another roadblock. This makes no sense, but many people still hold on to this. Just because someone chooses to date outside of their race does not mean that they hate themselves or others from their own community. It's just somebody they decided to date. No romantic relationship, interracial or not, is the same. Actually, many interracial relationships are more critical of each other beginning uh, and begin to define their own culture by their judgments and criticisms. Mixed race cultures, if they get together, will develop their own culture. <laughs> so even in a world that's global, we can't necessarily get away from <laughs> the mixed race developing their own culture and having their own race. <laughs> I know. You, uh, another roadblock here is, are you being seen as a uh, an adventure or your partner's mate and and that's critical because a lot of people will go into mixed race relationships as a adventure and that's not right especially if it creates children not right not a good idea so it's wise when you're questioning someone who wants to be your partner from a mixed race you have to look inside yourself and and try to understand this person's motives. Is this really an adventure? Are they taking me serious, or are they you know are they overcompromising, overcompensating just to be with me, and then they run? You know that's something you've got to look at. Also, you want to know if it's a fetish if they love a certain race and that's what they want. And there are people out there that go for certain types of people. Certain types of cultures, you know, they'll like, uh, you know, Latino or Chinese or black or whatever or white, and that's all they want. And those fetishes don't mean that that's a good candidate. That person with the fetish is a good candidate to be in a mixed race relationship. They're using that other race basically as a tool, and uh, they get something out of it. It's 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 a fetish. It's an obsession. And it's not having to do with relationship. You know, and also, if you're in a, in a relational re- relationship for the first time, or your partner is, prepare yourself for a steep social learning curve. And, you know, it, it can be easily overcome if two of you are open-minded and honest with yourselves. You, you have to know when and, and when not to take things personally. Ignorance is not an excuse for insensitivity. And so, you know, make a point to be sensitive, but also make it a point to learn. Don't close yourself on ideas that may be against you. Before you knee-jerk react and be oversensitive, try to understand first. And also, you know, you have got to look at yourself inside yourself and say, what do you want from a romantic relationship with somebody of a different culture? You know, how does this dating this kind of person contribute to me? And... uh it's quite a deep question, and it sounds like a stupid question, but it's a very deep question that a person entering into a mixed-race relationship would want to ask themselves. You know, staying together, as far as interracial marriages, they have a 41% chance of getting out of control. 
Now, you want to compare this to a 31% chance of a of divorce among same-race couples. You know, uh, 2008 figures, and this is old, you know, it's seven years, showed that the pairing of white females and Asian males are the most vulnerable to divorce. Conversely, black women and white men are most likely to stick by their vows. So a, uh, a white wife and a black husband uh, have a 50% chance to get divorced. White wife, Asian husband, 59% chance to get divorced. Asian wife, white husband, 4% more likely to get divorced. And a, a black wife and a white husband is 44% less likely to divorce. Whether we like it or not, America is changing, and that's part of the interracial blending. You know, bigotry is going to always exist. Newer generations are becoming more open-minded and less insular. Not, not only in the nation's mindset evolving, but the face of America is also morphing. And we're becoming a country where race is no longer black or white. And that comes from the National Geographic. You know, here's how we've warmed to interracial relationships over the years. It's been 48 years since interracial marriage was given the green light. That being said, what does the U.S. interracial marital landscape look like? Well, let's take a look. 1959, 4%. 4% of our population in 1959 warmed up to the idea of a black and white union. 29%. In 71, 43% in 82, in 95 it was 48%, 2008 is 87, and in 2013, excuse me, in 2008 was 77, and 2013 is 87%. 87% of our population have no issue with mixed race relationships. You know, stats also show that, that African American have always approved Black-white relationships, marriages more than whites. In 1969, uh, uh, 56% of blacks were down for black and white relationships compared to 17% of whites. In 1995, 68% of African Americans approved white only 45%. Today, the approval gap is the smallest. 96% of an African-American race are okay with interracial relationships compared to 84% of whites. Now, uh, let's take a look at uh, interracial combinations. White and Hispanic is 37%. White and Asian, 13.7%. White and Black, 7.9%. 7.9%. Those are the, the largest categories of uh, interracial relationships out there. And also, there's been a lot of stats as far as income levels of, uh, you know, the Pew Research has shown that white and Asian newlyweds have the highest combined income compared to, to any other pairing, including non-interracial marriages with a median of 70900 and 52 household income. So here's the median income of all marriage combos in the United States. And this is a 2013 statistic. Asian and white is 71,000. Asian, Asian is 62. White, white is 60. White and Hispanic is 57,900. 
White and black is 53,187. Black and black, 47,700. Hispanic and Hispanic is 36,000. That's household income median for the United States in 2013. Now, uh, if you want to zero in on African-American who marry outside their race, black men are more than twice as likely to intermarry than black female counterparts. Uh, It's 24% versus 9%. The latest data shows 17% of blacks in 2010 married outside of their race. Compare this to 9, 26, and 28% of whites, Hispanics, and Asians. So that's 9% of whites, 26% of Hispanics, 28% of Asians, respectively. That is a staggering statistic. You know, it it is so important for us to look at this topic because the relationships and the things that are needed to bring people together in interrelational relationships are very, very normal. Let me cover a couple of those things. Trust. People need to trust. And if you want to have a relationship with any human being, you need to be able to develop trust. And how do you get to trust? Well, it's very simple. You have faith in each other. That means you feel like you have each other's back. That doesn't mean you trust each other. But if you want to build that bridge that leads to trust, you need to have faith in each other and believe that your partner is who they represent to be, that your partner has your best interests. When you argue... It is so important in an interracial relationship and any relationship that you stop attacking what each other has done and judging what each other has done. And when you challenge each other, what's so important is that you challenge each other's motives. And so what you look at is the process that led to the decision rather than the decision itself. We we tend to want to attack the bad thing that our partner did. You took your mother instead of picking me up or, or you, you know, you chose your family over me for this event. Well, those accusations are very uh, polar and they're very black and white. The world's not black and white. We need to look at what was it that made you want to go with your family? What was it? How did you decide that you wanted to be with your mom instead of me so I can understand? You see, we need to evaluate and be able to understand how each other thinks. That is communication, not cornering each other. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Wrong words. What and how are constructive in these kind of relationships and any relationship. We're going to take a bra- uh, break. We're going to come back. I hope you join us. This is Dr. Gary Bell, Absurd Psychology. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. 
Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The Boardroom to the Bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Okay, we're going to talk about uh, understanding and how to, to develop some understanding and some uh, constructive ways so that people that are having a mixed race relationship can make it work a little better and uh, make it a little smoother. Uh, one of the things that sometimes is an issue is language. Um, you know, language can be an enormous barrier for understanding uh, somebody of an interracial uh, rela- relationship. You know, for instance, if one speaks Asian or, or you know, Chinese or Japanese or another speaks of uh, uh, Latino or, you know, Spanish, uh, that could be a big challenge. And what's important is language is something that you have to encompass into the relationship. That means if you have a family or a partner that speaks another language, it's oftentimes a very, very good idea to uh, pull out your old Rosetta Stone and begin to try to integrate your knowledge into the knowledge because you're going to end up having to be the interpreter uh, for your family if they mix with their family with your family. And, uh, you know, thankfully, here in the United States, many people try to learn uh, common languages like English and uh, Spanish, but the deal is, is not always are, are these languages taken on by families. And it actually, surprisingly, makes a family richer to integrate language, a second language, into their culture. They begin to knock down the barriers. If you can actually learn, like, you know, learning Spanish, for instance, is going to open the doors for Spanish people. You're going to understand how they think, how they operate, what they do, how they talk what they like, what they don't like. You're going to understand all of their human assets instead of just looking at them as a stereotype. You know, language is the key to any culture. And so if you're going to have an interracial relationship of a different culture, then you need to embrace the language of the culture you're with, even if the one you're with speaks the same language as you and only the same language, there are likely members of their family that don't, and that's something that you want to integrate. It opens enormous doors uh, to being able to have relationships with people of different races. So language needs to be your number one concern 
as far as embracing a culture if you want to have solid relationships with members of your new partner's family or uh, your partner themselves. And they will love you for that, by the way. That's, that's a huge thing. You know, the other thing is, is uh, making sure that worship and religion is something that you talk about because worship and religion can mean many different things. Some people are very spiritual but have no religion. Some people have very strong religious beliefs and the culture that they're with, the person they're with in an interracial relationship may go against that culture. I know even, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic and um, believe me, I'm a terrible Catholic because I, I don't go to church like I should. So that's just the way it is. My wife is not. Um, you know, she's, a, she's more Christian from this perspective. She has a different, uh, different religion but, but very similar um, just without all the idolatry of the Catholic religion. And so, you know, even that can be a cultural barrier in a relationship, even if you are of the same race and have different uh, cultural differences on that, on the worship thing, you really got to talk about it and open Pandora's box and be able to understand each other's faith, understand what you want, make agreements as far as if you're going to have children, how they're going to be raised, or if they're going to be indulged in those those uh, worship uh, oriented thought processes or those religions, you really have to get into that. And you also have to understand that maybe a family may respond to you differently if they are Catholic and you're not, or they're Buddhist and you're not. They may respond to you differently because you're not of a religion or a belief that they believe in. It may not be your race. It may actually be your faith that they have a bigger problem with. And that's something that you have got to come to grips with and follow your partner's lead as far as how to understand and what to do. And that doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, but at least you have to understand where they're coming from as far as family and your partner. Um, you know, communication breakdowns, people will isolate. It, it, this is a terrible thing that a lot of interracial relationships will do. Um, if one partner is upset with the other partner and begin telling their partner, uh, their family, instead instead of their partner, their problems, if they take their negative communication about their partner to their family, what they're likely to do is force their family, not force, but edge their family into the idea that they are uh, needing to be prejudiced against your partner. If you're going to talk negatively about in a mixed race relationship to your family about your partner, you're going to find that the hatred is even greater sometimes than the actual situation warrants. You know, there's a difference between family loving you and supporting you and family being prejudiced against the partner you're with. See, I told you you shouldn't be with this kind of person. Look what they do, blah, blah, blah. You see, that's all crap because... You need to take your problems into your relationship. If you're going to have a relationship, don't bitch about it to the world. Go to therapy. Make it confidential. Don't sit there and belittle your partner. Do it in a place where both of you can hear each other. If you're not willing to hear each other, you're not going to make it work. And that is critical in these kind of relationships. The other thing is, is trying to force your partner to join your culture not going to happen. There's no way. Uh, you do not force your partner to join a culture. They're, the partner is going to have to be respected by your culture, and if they're not, 
then you need to find another way to live because your cultures may not blend with each other. You know, for instance, if somebody is, uh, you know, you put a, a Jewish person, an Arabic person, and yes, I've, I've counseled Jewish and, Ara- and Ara- Arab person who have uh, been in a relationship. And, and the truth is, is that there is a lot of cultural divide in those communities. And there are a lot of stig- stigmas about each other's culture. And the deal is, is the communication has to be enormously respectful of each other. And you do not want to throw prejudicial statements at each other uh, or take on global arguments of each other's culture. It's two people in a relationship, and that's what it comes down to. Um, Also, you want to spend time with your partner's family more often than even you would in a regular, uh, you know, white-to-white, black-to-black, Asian-to-Asian type of relationship, you really want to begin to understand your partner's family and where they came from. That is critical. Many people avoid that, and that is not a good idea in an interracial relationship. They want to join each other's families and embrace each other's families as best they can. If their families are negative and do not add to the relationship, then it's oftentimes good to cut cut bait. Now, um, there are some things people are uncomfortable with regarding their race in a mixed relationship. Things like hair, you know, any kind of uh, racial joke, saying things like, I, I like your hair, but it's puffy, not just straight. Yeah, that might seem like a compliment, but it, it's not when it can't, you know, when they're not really appreciating your hair type. You know, talk about all this and you try to understand why a racial comment is hard to swallow. There are many insecurities in interracial relationships. You know, are, are you really certain you're attracted to someone of white skin uh, with uh, receding uh, uh, curly hair and uh, maybe not the best body or this, you know, it, it, all your insecurities about yourself become even more enlightened in an interracial relationship because you're comparing yourself to the race in which your partner comes from. Also, it is important to discuss your feelings about race. For example, if one partner is black, how is a movie about slavery or segregation like like The Butler, how does it affect them? You know, I remember the movie Giant uh, took on prejudice in Texas for Hispanics. You know, try to understand where their feelings are coming from and realize and accept that you can't understand it fully. It's not something, if you're not from their culture, you can't get it fully. You may get it from the periphery, but you're not going to get the full value of what some of these movies actually teach. You know, when a person in a mixed race relationship gets upset about a racial joke or stereotype, don't expect the partner delivering or witnessing the joke to fully get why you're upset. That is very complicated in these relationships. They, their sense of humor, their values, what they expect of each other, all become a little bit different in interrelational relationships. The value systems operate a little differently. What one considers to be offensive may not be what the other considers to be offensive. You know, when a person is in a mixed race relationship, they, they may get upset uh, about a racial joke, whatever. Um, but the deal is you've just got to let them vent and you've got to understand and you've got to hear what they're saying, you've got to repeat and you've got to use it as a lesson if you don't get it. Here's some other uh, common issues that can be overcome. In, in all the years of counseling, I have witnessed mostly the same issues in relationships where there, there are mixed, homosexual or not. However, 
culture and race do factor in because they may have a strong influence on the values one partner has depending on how strongly tied they were to their race and their culture growing up. And, and so common issues is how strong are you tied to your values? And that in an interracial relationship needs to be discussed. It's something that if you are strictly tied to very uh, strong Asian values, or if you're tied to a very strong machismo culture, or if you're tied very strongly to a uh, uh, African-American-oriented way of uh, socializing, then, you know, hey, that's good, but it may not fit. It may be too uncompromising. So you too, in a relationship, need to have that dialogue about values and cultural values and to how close you're tied to them. We're in a democratic society. We have free will. We have to trust in each other. We have to have equality in relationships that are interracial. We have to take more accountability than most people are used to taking. We have to get really good at listening, better than most people. And we have to really look out for each other's lives as far as justice and fairness. There is not justice or true fairness in this world. However, we do want to look out for each other's interest and how our partner is being treated. And um, this is how relationships thrive that are interracial. We have to look out for each other's cultural values and get to know those. Also, here's some other issues in interracial relationships that can be overcome, just like in regular ones. Money, affairs, communication, dominance, cultural ties, family relations, religion, negative acceptance, self-esteem, integrity are all huge discussion pieces that we have to work through. And, and believe me, I, I, I bring those words up and, and a lot of people will just go roll their eyes, but I'm telling you, man, uh, cultural ties, family relations, negative acceptance, integrity, affairs, money, those are critical, critical to any relationship, but especially an interracial relationship because you have no baseline to work off of. You know, an example would be like a Buddhist and a Christian. They have profoundly different views and similar values in their faith. Truthfully, if you work from a values in your faith, no matter what religion it is, you'll find they're very similar. You know, with a Buddhist, a Buddhist may want to give away everything. A Christian may want to give away what they can. Um, you know, it's, it's just a different way. You know, a Buddhist may meditate for long hours. A, may, a Christian may pray just for a few minutes. Um, those things must be respected in each other and talked about. All right. So, we're looking at how these interrelational relationships can work and how different are they? Well, as you've heard, a lot of these things are similar to each other as, tar as far as regular relationships and interracial. However, the volume is amped up on many topics for interracial relationships. So I hope this show has been helpful. That's our show. It's Absurd Psychology next Friday at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific at 4 p.m. Eastern. Our, uh, and that's 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Our next show is going to be on Growing Apart, What the Hell Happened? And uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Growing Apart, by the way, is an enormous topic of all relationships that have been together for a long time. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. 
Remember, everyone has a movie that they love very much, and it actually becomes stressful to watch it w- with other people when you've watched it too many times. <laughs> and and, and a part here's the deal. Part of a real best friend's job should be to immediately clear your computer history if you die. So that's our show. Come back. I'll talk to you next week, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, Absurd Psychology. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.